This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason. It's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. And as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am your cloak of levitation, Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. GT Rebirth is joining us. It's been some time, GT. It's been some time. Yes. But the thing is, regardless of how much time... (laughs) <laughs> Regardless of how much time passes, though, uh, between our episodes, I always know that you're going to bring quality and insight uh, for all the people free of charge. That's what the Major Issues Podcast does. That's what the co-host of the Major Issues Podcast does. It's almost as if we've taken some sort of oath. Yes. It's almost as if it's a promise we're trying to make to our people, uh, our fans out there who are, I mean, the world is definitely going through some things right now. And uh, an episode of the Major Issues podcast might be exactly what the doctor has ordered. <laughs> All that to say <laughs> that today we'll be covering you put, Doctor you put Strange. Great work into these puns. I try. Um, all that to say, we'll be talking about Doctor Strange, The Oath today, which was a story that you recommended we cover on this podcast. And I know that you've since. Um, for the last several years now, you've had a growing interest in the character of Doctor Strange. So I wanted to ask, you know, right off the jump, what is it about the character of Doctor Strange that you think you gravitate towards? Um, I, you know, I think I am very much interested in, like, the fantasticalness of using magic on a character. And, like... Okay. You you get... I feel like you get two kinds of, of magic when it comes to a story. Uh, you get fun magic, and then you get, like, miserable magic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get the kind of magic that is sparingly used for the sake of the story, so the magic must always come with this sort of terrible, dire pr- price. Like a monkey's paw kind of situation. Yes. It kind of yeah. makes it difficult to actually enjoy it. <laughs> or root for those people. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're doing a deal with the devil. Right. It's like, no, this thing is hurting you. Don't do it. <laughs> Right, right. You know, or but or you you get you know the kind of magic that just kind of allows itself to have fun with all the possibilities that you can you know open yourself up to when you can manipulate all of reality in any way. Um, and the Doctor Strange movie just sort of opened me up to that. Like guys are just sort of using magic uh, all over the place to do these. Uh, these cool things with uh, special effects, these really cool visuals with um, like sets and even a very unique kind of fight scene, right? Like for for all yeah, just being yeah. punching and kicking, we are we've got some very interesting chase scenes. Yeah, um, if it 
if it wasn't really for the film, I Doctor Strange is a bit of a blind spot in my comic book, uh, you know, knowledge, right? Because for the most part, he's been a like auxiliary character that will get people in and out of um, trouble on occasion, or he'll be somebody that people consult with. Yes, if they're dealing with somebody with you know something with magic, um, uh, World War Hulk, I think it is. He legitimately just decides he's not going to be a part of it is it that one or no it's civil war right where he's just like you know any side that i join is going to be the side that wins so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna you know sit this one out and it's he's always kind of just been there and it's it you find out ultimately after doing enough research on the guy that it's because if he were to enter any situation he might break it his powers and his power set and his knowledge are so vast um, that you have to put him in this, these insular stories where he's only fighting uh, beings and creatures of his power level. Yeah, and, and uh, the interesting thing there was just like, it; those things sort of spread out into one another. So it's like Doctor Strange is very much complicit in um, getting Hulk sent to another planet, then yeah. sits out the Civil War. Right, right. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm thinking about that. Uh, with, with I the face some poor decisions, and I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm going away for a bit. That's it. And, and then, all it takes is somebody breaking your hands, you right? Know, and but, and, and then Hulk comes back, and it's just like, well, that chicken's come to roost. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. He should have known, man. <laughs> um, before this comic, The Oath, had you read many uh, Doctor Strange comics before? I know we were talking offline about you getting into other stories, but was this one of the first? Uh, this was the first book I've read. Okay. Yeah. Before I started trying to like, uh, I guess get into um, the ongoing series that was on at the time. Okay. Uh, at the time when the film dropped? No, no. I, I at the time that I had actually read the oath. Okay. Like the right. the oath was sort of that book. Like it's that sort of seminal character driven book where it's just like. Oh, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious about Doctor Strange. Read this. <laughs> I was actually, that was going to be my next question. Without spoilers, uh, many call this story the quintessential Doctor Strange story. Uh, would you agree? And without giving up too much up front, why? Um, yes, I absolutely would agree. I th- I, it's a very, uh, you know, it's a very closed-in, st- like, closed-in story. It gives you everything you need to know about the character if this is your first time. It right. gives you just a good character study. It, it has nothing to do with like, um, you know, long known like long established arch villains or friends or whatever. It introduces yeah. everyone integral to the story or Doctor Strange's life immediately, and then gives you a conflict. Yeah. They also one that deeply ties into his origin story that they had already given you, right? And um, they it, it thrusts you into this world of magic all, pretty quickly. Um, you gotta think it was the basis for a lot of of the set pieces in the film. Yes, you know, uh, and I also agree that it it gives you the bare minimum as far as what you need to know going forward, and everything is you know set in exposition, um, and then. It doesn't really ask you to know much else past that. Marvel can be very tricky because they 
are constantly having universe breaking events. <laughs> so any story you might pick up might be right in the middle of secret invasion or right in the middle of civil war or right in the middle of world war Hulk. Yes. We were reading um, irredeemable Ant-Man and one of those issues. Oh, by the way, the Hulk is here and he's destroying everything. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's hard to get, to get a handle on some of these new characters without a place to start off. Um, and without starting off again in the middle of everything. So yeah, I, I agree. This, this story um, is, pretty quintessential when it comes to Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange, The Oath was written in 2007 by Brian K. Vaughn, drawn by Marcus, uh, oh, sorry, Marcos Martin and published by Marvel Comics. Um, the story follows Doctor Strange as he searches for the person who tried to kill him, while he also looks for a stolen magical elixir that will cure the terminal cancer of Wong, his faithful servant. Uh if you are not familiar with Brian K. Vaughn, he was a writer. He is a writer, story editor, um, and he worked on the television series Lost for several seasons. I did not know that. Um, in 2007, when this book came out, um, Eric Maling Malinowski <laughs> called Vaughn the greatest comic book visionary of the last five years. That's big praise. There, I imagine compared most to of that Waterways fan base would agree as well. <laughs> he compared him to uh, Frank Miller, Alan Moore, Paul Pope, and Steve Niles. Um, and for his writing, as of 2020, Vaughn has won 14 Eisner Awards, 14 Harvey Awards, and is a Hugo Award winner. Mm. That's, some, that's some heavy stuff. Yes, but without, without further ado, let's get into this story. So this is just a five-issue story. It's relatively quick, but again, always entertaining and always with something to talk about. Um, our story starts off on a rainy night in New York City, where Defender member Iron Fist is sitting in a waiting room well, with Aranya. It never rains in New York City. <laughs> no, no. And they're playing some music in the background. I actually thought the music was going to be a tie into the fact in the movie that he listens to music while he does surgery. I had no idea how this story was going to start. So when it started the way that it did, I was like, oh, I'm in on this. If that's your only frame um, of reference, you kind of just you kind of just find yourself looking for the connections. A hundred percent. And that's what um that's what I think this story does genius, you know, that's genius, is that it tries to um use the breadcrumbs of knowledge that you know to twist and turn the story around. Mm. Um so yeah, he's in the waiting room with Aranya, a young girl gifted with spider-like powers. She's also one of the web warriors, one of the various spider people. Um it turns out they're in a secret clinic for Marvel superheroes looking to get medical help without all the attention. Their conversation is interrupted when a frantic Wong comes bursting into the building, holding a bleeding Doctor Strange in his arms. He asks for help, saying his master has been shot, and the night nurse on duty, who we will refer to on and off as Watson, asks Aranya and Iron Fist to leave so she can tend to the wounded sorcerer. Uh, they get him on an operating table as Juan explains that Strange was shot in an attempted robbery. As Watson asks more questions, she can hear Strange's voice and is surprised to see Doctor Strange appear in his astral form. That's got to be from the film, right? That's got to be where they got the inspiration from. Uh, I assumed it was the other way around, but I, I never went out of my way to like figure out which came first. Oh, this definitely would have come first because Doctor Strange comes out in 2017, 10 years later. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Okay, like, so like, oh, we, we got to do the whole... Definitely took it from this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the whole, like, night nurse might be even the relationship 
and all that stuff. They might have aped the whole thing from this. Yes. Um, which uh, that's Hollywood, right? Where they'll just pick one story and go, "We'll just do it all. <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna do all of this." Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, were you surprised that we got this this much magic up front that we already got him flying off of his, out of his body? Uh, I wasn't, but I was. I was kind of glad that we did. You know, like completely tiptoe through the entire thing. Right, and it, they they also didn't go to like well, an astral form is blah 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 blah. He's like, oh yeah, it's just my astral form. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it. Um, elsewhere, <laughs> elsewhere, a henchman named Brigand, who I don't think is from anything else, uh, confirms to his boss that he broke in the Sanctum Sanctorum and has retrieved the item that his boss was looking for. When asked how he incapacitated Strange, Brigand explained that he shot him with Adolf Hitler's own gun. <laughs> and I quote, the sheer negative energy of the pistol was enough to break through Strange's defenses. That is some, that's some stuff right there. How, where, where do you sit on the whole Hitler gun thing, fan? I thought that was great. <laughs> that was yeah, so ridiculously yeah. over the top. Like, yes. I have Adolf Hitler's gun. It is so, <laughs> it is so charged with just evil and badness. Yeah, like the pure malice of where it comes from has maintained in in the artifact. Um, it, it's funny because it magic ve- very rarely has rhyme or reason anyway. Yeah, but Adolf Hitler is enough of a you know a a, a name that you recognize that you can connect the rest of the dots. Yes, you're like, oh yeah, that guy's gun would be evil as hell. <laughs> It, it is unequivocally, uh, und- undoubtedly evil. Yes. Um, his boss remarks that he's going to study the item, which is a serum in a glass bottle. And once the tests confirm what he thinks it is, he he's prepared to pour the whole thing down the drain. Um, back at the hospital, the night nurse continues to ask questions. And Dr. Strange tells her about his origins beginning with his successful stint as a surgeon, his horrific accident, and his voyage to seek the wisdom of the Ancient One. He explains how he became Sorcerer Supreme as she attempts to remove the slug from his body. Um, during this whole time, he's being the worst patient? Yes. Ever? Like, he's like, oh, often hard. Right, he's like trying to give her... He's he's effectively being a, a backseat driver. <laughs> like He's just behind her going, oh no, you need to move that to a little bit to the left. And she's like, I know what the hell I'm doing. Right? Um, he also accuses her of wanting to be a superhero or like, like she's a fangirl. Am I getting that right? Uh, I guess like, like the moment she, the moment she starts, you know, thinking she needs to be there. He's just like, Hey now. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, he's like, look, look, I don't need a little, at one point he tells her like, I don't need one of those magician's assistants. And I'm like, all right, calm down, bro. She just took a a slug out of your body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but she got mad. Yeah, she, he tells her that he thinks that she wants to be a superhero like the people that she treats. And hurt by the allegation, she accosts him for having a manservant, <laughs> which I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They play Wong as much more of a, what would you say, peer in the film? Uh, I wouldn't, tr- I I wouldn't mean, like, call at first, Wong. Yeah, a, at first, Wong is like very much his superior. Yeah. And, and almost in charge of him. Do you think they've ever gotten to the manservant level? And do you th- if they haven't, do you think it's necessary? Um, no and no. I think by the end of the movie and even by like Infinity War, they are simply uh, 
two magicians that work together. Yeah. I think I think yeah. there's um a relationship that they will explore in the next film, but I don't think they'll ever go to some to the point where he's like his like uh Wong waits on him. Yeah. Um it, it, if there is a level of subservience it's merely out of respect to the rank that Stephen holds in the film. Yes. I'm assuming, right? Like it's this idea that, oh, whoa, you are the ancient, well, not the ancient one, sorry, the Sorcerer Supreme. So I'll fall back. Yes. No, say, um, say, say what you want to say, George. <laughs> no, the thing is, I feel like um, people, <laughs> people um, have, when this first came out, right, that they were going to be doing this film, the two main points of contention people had yes. were one the ancient one how it would be how they would be portrayed uh because it's kind of sort of a character a caricature of old asian ancient the, yeah <laughs> uh, master the old agent old asian master yes right right with the fu manchu and all that kind of stuff and You're then going to teach the, this white man right he the white man's gonna go to asia learn the magic better than the Asians, including the Asian that taught him. Yeah. And then come to, and then come and show us the, the rest of us how it's done. With his uh, that with was, his new Asian servant. Right, right. And yeah, the man servant thing, because in and many different areas, that's how he's described. Like there's no other way to say it. Yeah. But a manservant. They don't say butler, they don't say assistant. They literally say man servant, which is I'm guessing the how he was described initially when all this came down. Um, but yeah, I really like how they found an uh, even ground for them in the film. Um, in this, it, it I find there's a lot a of that with like characters that are traditionally in in the films. I found there's a lot of that in characters that were traditionally paired off as like sidekicks or wards. They're just yeah. paired as friends of the same level because like they did exactly. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like Bucky. Yeah, like that, Bucky. yeah, that's exactly what I was going. That's why. I, Right, right. Like he, he would have definitely been. Bucky's just like a more... child that Cat takes under him once he discovers, like, because Bucky accidentally discovers it's him. Right. Yeah. But in yeah. the but in the films, they're just they're friends of the same age. And some of this stuff is problematic in the sense that it's hard to continue in the year twenty twenty, the year of our Lord. Um, but I think yeah. that with when you create a movie universe, you have that freedom to change things you what you would have wanted to change. From the beginning, and you know? and and I guess like it's anything where you would be quote unquote rebooting or retelling, you have that ability to modernize. Yeah, and it, it sometimes it just becomes purely you know the author's, um, uh, damn it, what's the word? But like his choice. Yeah. Because you ha- there's an instance in um The Walking Dead, uh, quick tangent where the <laughs> the character of Rick in The Walking Dead gets his arm cut off fairly early and the rest of that's like the rest of his you know journey is this man with with one arm and they never did that on the show right and the writer um robert kirkman said if like if i had a second go i would have never cut off his arm (laughs) like it became so hard to draw and so hard to make other (laughs) things make sense you know and he would have been homeboy in a green screen sleeve i just have to keep writing around this thing Right. And so when push comes to shove and he becomes an executive producer on the show, he's like, oh, yeah, we're not doing that. We're never cutting off the arm because it's just problematic. So I yeah, wrote myself to a hole. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. He just they just finished that run. Um, 
I think he's over the whole property, to be honest. I think he is, too. Especially especially at this point where it's just like, I have literally made as much money off this as I'm ever going to. Right. And, 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 and in the future, he probably will because of how Image operates. You know, Image is creator-owned. Yes. So if they do anything else, even if he's not, even if he doesn't like the way it goes, he'll be paid handsomely in some way shape or form oh sure like even if it isn't as much he'll make some money off that spinoff they're going to make with like daryl or any other lady they said they're doing three rick movies bro oh f- why do we need <laughs> why do we need three rick movies why do we need anyway, one <laughs> that's true back at the hospital oh no i did that part already we were talking about uh her getting mad at wong of the manservant thing um which leads to wong explaining what really went down turns out about a month ago, Doctor Strange found a bottle of Time Lozar. Yes, I believe you are. There is no, <laughs> there is no audio reference for it, so that's all I got. And it's only called Time Lozar because of timely pharmaceuticals, I'm assuming. Initially, I thought it was some kind of time, you know, dilation medication or something like that. No, yeah, it, it, it's, it. it's sort of explained that because they own the brand, they put their name in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he found a bottle of Time Lozar, a brain tumor medication, and he confronts Wong about it. Sadly, uh, Wong confirms what Strange already kind of suspected, that Wong is suffering from an aggressive form of cancer and um, was given a few months to live. The crazy thing about it is, while Strange is concerned about Wong's life, Wong is more concerned kind of about his replacement. Yes. Like, he's like, um, oh, you know, I didn't want you to know I was going to get somebody else in here to do the same job. You know, um, so there's like a level of like betrayal in, that Strange feels. Um, I was just going to quietly die off screen. Yeah. Off and then you just get another nondescript Asian manservant <laughs> that won't be problematic at all. You don't understand. They, they like they build several of us in a laboratory. You're <laughs> right. Uh, so Strange is both angry and sad at this news saying because Wong's like, like he's like, well, what about doctors? I've been to all the doctors. Well, what about radiation? Well, it's too late for that. Like everything that he's saying, Wong is like, look, bro, we're at the end of this. Uh, at the end of this here, and in a in a heartbreaking moment, he says that he could operate on Wong himself if the other doctors don't have answers. But as he's saying this, holding the bottle of Time Lozar, his hands start to shake. Yeah, showing the the nerve damage that he got from his car wreck, showing that he still can't be a surgeon you know he still doesn't have the ability to do that and he's very upset when that happens how do you feel about that moment uh i i i i remember thinking it's just like this this odd moment where it's like the the very thought of it just triggered it it's just like tremble it's like no you can't don't even think about it buddy like here's a reminder in case you in case you forgot could you see me i realize you're under stress right now i think we need to remind you of your situation Adrenaline, man. <laughs> Adrenaline. He was about to open that man's chest up. <laughs> Try to do so. Oh, his brain up. Even worse. He's going to do brain surgery with those hands. He's out of control. Um, so while Wong is okay with his fate, Doctor Strange is definitely not. And the two venture to Chinatown to find an elixir Strange had read about once. Following the directions to a specific location, they are attacked by a group of men that Wong handles without a sweat. <laughs> that was pretty cool to see. Wong's like, I got, I got this, bro. Don't worry. You handle the immaterial, I'll handle the material world. Um, Strange opens a portal to another dimension to find the elixir, and Wong begs him not to go. Um, Strange reminds him of the Hippocratic Oath he had taken to become a surgeon. And I quote, 
I will prescribe regimens regimens for the good of my patients according to my ability and my judgment, and I will do so at any cost. Another really, really cool moment in the story, because we obviously know it's not just his oath. It's his loyalty and his love for, um, for Wong. Wong. Yeah. But he puts that up like, you know, I have I have a duty. I have I have a calling. Yes. The night nurse asks, asks more questions, but Wong passes out uh, from his sickness and reminds her to finish helping his master. Um, Strange explains. Oh, yeah, yeah. He gets the he gets the. Oh, yeah, because he's still on the he's still on the thing back in the real world. Uh, Strange explains that the elixir did, in fact, exist and he wasn't shot in the dimension in which he found it. Instead, he was shot for it. He also tells her that instead of giving it to Wong immediately, the elixir, that is, he asked a friend to run some tests on it. When she asks why someone would want to steal from him, Strange, now with the bullet removed, sits up from the operating table and reveals that what he truly found wasn't just a cure for Wong, but a cure for cancer itself. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he also had to fight this weird... Uh, Nasty uh, looking si- Siamese cat, right? Yeah, <laughs> some weird skinless Siamese cat, not skinless, uh, furless Siamese cat, demon Siamese cat. I just, I love how the timeline of this story probably appears to the nurse. Yes, I was like, yeah. wait, so, so your servant has a brain issue, yes, and then you went to another dimension, uh huh, to fight a god, yes. And this god shot you. No, I was shot after the god. <laughs> right. And what? the thing is, that's she knows she knows that part of the story, right? She knows the part when he gets shot and comes into the hospital. So everything that he says, she's just trying to connect to the end that he that she knows. So she's like, oh, so he got sick. What the hell does that have to do with you getting shot? Oh, so you had the elixir, but then why is he still sick? And so there's constant constant questions he has to keep. Oh, well, no, actually, what? Well, well, actually. You see, it's magic and drugs that go together. <laughs> right. Um, the Eye of Agamotto um, recaps the events of the first issue. They find various cool ways to find ways to recap what happens in the first, uh, with the issue prior. Mm-hmm. And we see what we believe to be um, the man who hired Brigand study the elixir, and he is shocked to find it cures all disease. He asks to speak to the overlords. Back at the clinic, Strange thanks the night nurse before starting to get dressed, and she tells him he can't check himself out of care. He briefly remembers how he was shot and is furious that he was shot by, in his words, a glorified bike messenger. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. That was just great. Like, he remembers the whole thing. He remembers Brigham coming in, uh, shooting him, it breaking past his defenses, him getting shot. But, like, the idea that he was felled by such a weakling um, really gets him upset. And at one point, Wong even's like, no, he didn't beat you. Look, you're still alive. Like, and so like that's that's bro stuff right there I'm trying to make him feel better uh determined to find this messenger grab the elixir and heal wong dr strange prepares to leave but is stopped by the night nurse who refuses to let him go unless she goes with him i was say i i just imagine what kind of an ego ship that is like i am the sorcerer supreme and i got shot yeah yeah like I can't stop that. And then even in this instance, he is not used to people kind of standing up to him because he will end that shit real quick. Yeah. But in this instance, she tells him like, all right, go ahead with Wong if you want to. But he's dealing with like an aneurysm or, you know, he's dealing with brain cancer. He could have an aneurysm and you have a bullet wound 
and you'll just bleed out and he'll not be able to help. So pretty sure I should come, which, you know, that's a pretty damn, that's a pretty damn good reason. Christopher Case. Yes. So he begrudgingly accepts. When Juan, when Juan, when Wong asks <laughs> where they should start first, Strange answers that they will travel to the most uncharted and foreboding realm of all, the Bronx. <laughs> so that that is hilarious. Uh, it's an in joke for for all New Yorkers. Um, you know the treacherous nature of the boogie down. So to see it I was raised here, y'all leave me yeah. alone. <laughs> You're the rose that grew out of concrete, Greg. That's, you know, you're, you're the exception to the rule. Am I what Seal sung about? Yes. yes. That's, what that, that's what it was about all this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, they head to the Bronx. And once there, Strange explains that he entrusted a sample to a former co-worker, Jonas Hilt. A flashback reveals that Hilt wasn't just a colleague of Strange's, but a good man who tried to help Strange become better having once tried to convince him to treat a civil rights act or civil activist, Reginald Palish's cancer, even though Strange refused it because Palish was poor. Palish. What do you think about that whole conversation there? About like, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's totally, uh, it's, it's Dr. Strange back then to like a T. It's like, yeah, but you can't afford me. And yep. I should be doing bigger things. And he's like, are, are, are you? And he kind of finds a way to be pragmatic in a way that kind of makes sense. And I think that's what kind of makes him an asshole, right? Yeah. It's like he doesn't, he's not 100% wrong. Like at one point he's like, oh, should I save you and not save all the paying customers? And I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> like you kind of have a Should I, here. you know, save you or, or not the reigning, you know, royal desperate of England? Right. Do you think Scott Derrickson and Benedict Cumberbatch uh, were able to capture this level of assholery in the film? <laughs> for, for, for the brief time they gave it, yes. Yeah. Because like you have that moment in the car where he's just like turning down. I, um, he turns down the uh, the deal with the um, mech suit. Yeah, that the spinal. That everyone spinal. remembers from like some sort of Iron, Iron Man. Man yeah. Yeah, Iron Man too. Um, I especially loved slash hated the scene he had with the night nurse. Yeah, like he's an, he's a jerk in that scene. I remember <laughs> thinking like, wow, like you're you're out of control here. Um, so yeah, they have to find a way to show pre Social Supreme Doctor Strange, so you can kind of get why all this is happening. Mm-hmm. It's extremely important. Um. After his accident, it's Hill who introduces Strange to Nicodemus West, who did his best to repair the nerve damage in his hands. Although Nico says he tried his best, Strange screams that West has mutilated him with his nearsighted rookie ways, which also happens in the film as well, if I remember. Yes. Like, you guys, you killed me. Nicodemus you, you also at one point has two different eyes and it's creepy. I don't know if that's supposed to be thematic, like what we're supposed to get from that. Um, in doing some quick research, I found out that uh, there was a uh, person, I want to say, in the Gospel of John called Nicodemus. And there's not much clear on him besides the fact that he he sometimes gets confused with other people. But at one point, the biblical Nicod- Nicodemus was somebody who 
uh, had supposedly was a popular holy man who had miraculous powers. Mm. So that kind of fits in line with this a bit. Uh, sometimes they get a bit heavy handed on the villain names, right? No, like man. They'll look up somebody in history and you know, give them that person the last the name. And... You're right, right. <laughs> uh, but we don't know what Nicodemus means to this story yet. Right now, he's just the young, brash um, surgeon who Doctor Strange blames for having the nerve damage that he does. Uh, Strange recalls that even when his former patients wished him dead, Hilt remained forever loyal. Even though he hid Hilt's location using magic, someone managed to get in, steal the sample, and kill Hilt. Strange believes the culprit to be Baron Mordo, having figured out that the only one that could get through his defenses has to be a former student of the Ancient One. Using the Eye of Agamotto, they find Brigand's hideout and are initially attacked by robots who they manage to defeat. The issue ends with the reveal that they were facing uh, that while they were facing the robots, Brigand managed to grab the night nurse and has her hostage. Bum, bum, bum. I, I love the idea of just like uh, the sources of being casually riding a subway. Yeah, just chilling. And they talk about. Um, you know, when he gets to the Bronx, he's like, I've, I've, I was tra- traversing New York City while Spider-Man was in diapers. <laughs> like he talks about this level of knowledge of New York City that if you've been here long enough, you know, you know, and uh, it, it gives me a little bit of pride. Yeah. That he's a New Yorker. Uh, he knows all the good sandwiches, huh? Yes. <laughs> this also sets up a damsel in distress kind of situation, which you would think is a bit tropey. But they get out of it pretty pretty well. <laughs> In our next issue, we find that Pavlish, still suffering from cancer, found Dr. Nicodemus West shortly after he operated on Dr. Strange's hands and thanked him for ruining Dr. Strange's life. Dr. West seems both offended and shocked at the accusation, even choosing to defend Strange in front of Pavlish, but Reginald leaves, saying he won't rest until Stephen Strange suffers as much as he has. Back in the present, Brigand, yeah, right? And he even, like, turns, like, away from the camera a little bit yeah. <laughs> with the shadow. It's like, dun, dun, dun. So Back in the present. Does that does that villain thing where they just walk away speaking to no one? Right, and I hit you up. I'm like, he's somebody, right? And he does come back around. But the way they kept positioning him, because in one, I think the issue prior, he's seen just in the shadow smiling. Yeah. Looking at, uh, I want to say, Dr. West. So I, I was very confused. If you don't if you don't keep up with the name Reginald Pavlish the entire time, then it's just like, wait, who's this guy? Right. <laughs> and when you read a comic, you're not really sure what names you're supposed to commit to memory and what you're not. Yeah. You know? And as like he as he gets sicker, his appearance changes. So you kinda have to remember that. Remember his name instead of thinking he's different people. <laughs> uh Dr. West. Oh yeah, yeah, did that part. Um, back in the present, Brigand has Watson hostage, but she manages to break his nose with a headbutt while Wong, yeah, while Wong disarms him. Um, she she noticed he had a deviated septum. Septum? Yes. Am I saying that right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, she she shows she's not really a damsel in distress. I like how Doctor Strange casts a spell that restrains him. But it's also like elaborate, like he wants it all to be there, like physically. Right. I'm pretty sure he could have just put some bands on him, right? But he's like, no, I want him drawn and quartered in the air, <laughs> so he knows what the, what the hell is going on here. 
I, I, I enjoy that you're just like sifting through names for the night nurse. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I made a point to let people know that early on, it's just going to go back and forth. It's going to be night nurse and uh, Watson <laughs> back and forth. Uh, so he demands to know who hired him. When he realizes Brigand won't talk, he enters his mind. Back in the real world, Wong continues to suffer with his illness and explains to Watson that even though Strange knows magic, magic is incapable, incapable of replicating what science has already created, meaning he can't conjure up the time Lozar needed to subdue the pain. I wasn't aware that this was a rule. How do you feel about that rule, that if medicine has created it, magic can't replicate it? That's a pretty good inconvenience. It's a pretty good, uh, my web shooters are running out of stuff right you have to create some sort of conflict yes um and it's true man with everything that he knows and everything he can do um it it would have been an out to be like oh well here's some more pills yeah (laughs) the idea this really does feel like it's on a um a ticking timer with the elixir with Wong with the bullet. <laughs> there seems to be a lot going on, and it all seems to be nearing the end. If they can't get this elixir back, and um, yeah, this is the part here, um, in Brigand's mind, that leads me to believe that they used our knowledge against us, mm. because in his mind, he's confronted by the villain Nightmare, uh, who confesses to be working for who hired Brigand and is working for Dormammu. Yes. So I think Dormammu, for the most part, is fairly known uh, as to be a Doctor Strange villain. Mm -hmm. I also think that's why he made an appearance in the movie, um, because I don't think Kaecilius would have been enough. Probably I I first met Dormammu in the Spider-Man animated series, where Doctor Strange is there as well. Yeah, because it's Doctor Strange against Mordo, and Dormammu. That's what I'm saying. Like it's very, oh. it's very well known <laughs> that it's Doctor Strange, Dormammu, Mordo. Like that's the right, that's right, the right. B. And it, so it's either that or like those Waffle, those like Waffle versus Capcom games. Yes. Yeah. And so I think they were using that knowledge against us in this instance. That if we once he said early on when he found Hilt's body and he's like, oh, it's Mordo, the rest of us were fine, right? We were going to ask no more questions because we know. It probably is Mordo. <laughs> this oh, is a Doctor Strange oh, story. Sure. It probably is Mordo. And then with the whole Dormammu thing, like it could have just been that. It could just been, oh, well, it, it's Dormammu. We just accepted, but, like, ah, yes, it's Dormammu. I've heard of this. A hundred percent. And uh, it, it plays with that and then says, oh, no, it's it's none of them. Because uh, Brigand is making these um, false memories in his mind, but they're not hundred percent right, and Doctor Strange knows this because, like, when Nightmare shows up, he's on a white horse. And he usually rides a black one. Yes. Um. At one point, Doctor Strange name drops Dormammu's sister, and the Dormammu that he meets, uh, references that name as a he. So Doctor Strange is like, "Oh yeah, neither one of these men hired Brigand. They're just fake memories." Um. Done. Uh, I keep thinking of the Terminator Two scene, like your parents are dead. Yes, yes. But here, this, it gets crazy because now he's just pissed, right? He's been shot by this guy. He's had robots attack him. He, This man has, uh, you know, kind of held hostage his little thing. There's no reason I should be struggling 
struggling this much with this. Right. And now he's in his mind. And even when he first got there, he's like, you think these paltry roadblocks are going to stop me? Like, he was very upset. And then this happens with the whole lying about Dormammu and lying about Nightmare. Mm -hmm. So he's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to erase all your real memories, like how you can walk and talk and eat if you don't tell me what the hell is going on here. And right off the bat, Brigham's like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, you know what? I didn't think about that. And then he shows him Nicodemus West, this doctor, and Strange doesn't recognize him. Can we talk about that? (laughs) Can we talk about how little cognitive, you know, effort Strange was putting into the people that he was that working around prior to being a Sorcerer Supreme. This man is the man who single-handedly, depending on how you want to look at it, butchered him or saved him, you know, with this surgery. And he can't remember the man's name nor remember his face. A, a man he, he, he leaped at. Yes, a man that he called, that he said, you mutilated me. Even if he didn't remember his name in a good sense, you would think that he would remember that face. That jerk, that jerk that did, he thinks destroyed him. And again, you know how they often say, like, oh, you know, criminals are easier caught if they have like a distinguishing feature, like a scar or something. Yeah. Um, this guy has two different colored eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like that should have been enough for you. Like, I've only met one person with two different colored eyes. Hey, wait a minute. As a matter of fact, he was a doctor too. Hey, wait a minute. Matter of fact, he operated on me, and it all could have went. But he is so like, ugh. He's like, who is this guy? Um, in the real world, outside of Brigham's mind, Nicodemus meets with his employer, Timely Pharmaceuticals, to tell them what the elixir can do. He is ordered by the board at Timely to destroy the elixir because if all diseases are cured, they would all be out of a job. Mm. Big Pharma, right? Uh, every time. That's a that you know that's one of the things people the commentary people say now is that there's no money in curing diseases just in treating them yeah because if we cure diseases then we don't get you coming back for more it's the it's the Disney Plus of <laughs> of medication <laughs> oh man they want to trickle they don't want to drop a whole season bro you know if they drop a whole season of Mando you'd finish it in two days and be done with it a cancel subscription they want to they want to trickle it in. And, uh, yeah, they figured that out. Unlike Netflix, who's was just like, no, 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 it's fine. We'll have something for you in three weeks. Right, right. How do you feel about this narrative? Did you feel like it was heavy-handed? Did you feel like it was um, relevant? Uh, this, this, this big pharma stuff. I think that's always a little relevant, but I think it, I think it all ties in much, you know, I think it all ties into where the story goes. Yes. It, it doesn't really bother me if you're going to be like, oh, no, like, like Big Pharma's evil. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course it is. Will you have something else to say about it other than the regular, yeah, the regular. I think it's a payoff. Anyone can say it's bad, but what do you say past that? I, I think if the payoff is worth it, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Some Some comics and even comic book TV shows have gotten the criticism of being very surface level with their um, insights on social issues. Uh, sometimes it's just exploitative, right? Just to be, get people to go, oh, they spoke about such and such, but then they never really say anything. Where I feel like as this this presents a, a situation to us, the reader, and a- asks us what side we're, we're on with it. Sure. And even in the... Go ahead, brother. Like, those things are weird to me because I guess at the same time, I'm like, it's this 
TV show about superheroes. I don't think it's our job to say anything. <laughs> right. But then some would argue then don't even flirt with it, right? I guess. If you're not going to, if you're not going to, like, th- uh, I heard the analogy of it being uh, tools on the big boy shelf. You understand? If you if you don't know how to play with those toys, leave them on the shelf. <laughs> I guess. You can play with all the other stuff and have fun. But I, I see it both ways. I do think of the great power, great responsibility thing. If you're tackling something big, you know, like some of the big stuff that we're dealing with, with whether it be race, whether it be um, sexual identity, whether it be police brutality, any of those things, um, it's easy to do for a pop. But you're kind of going to have to say something eventually, which, you know, again, is the choice of the artist or author. Mm-hmm. Uh, they demand he use his magic to silence Strange or they will reveal his dirty little secret to the world. Another thing that's interesting is um, when he kind of criticizes them for their initial response of, oh, we can't let a drug that cures everybody go, you know cure everybody basically when they say that he kind of gives them attitude about it and they tell him well what about hilt like you seem fine having him killed and he says and confesses that he didn't tell brigand to kill Hilt. so it's like the beginning of them trying to peel back layers and say he's not as mustache twirling as he may seem yeah I don't think any of it matters, but they do go to great lengths to be like, you know, he's not. It it, it doesn't work so great to uh, 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 absolve him of any guilt, but uh, I I do think it does serve to set up this idea that he isn't, you know, as you put the most mustache twirly kind of guy. Right. And as a matter of fact, when I think about him, the character, when I think about this whole arc, I think about the... um, the saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yes. Right? He's tried at so many different points to do what he perceives is right. And in doing so, creates hell for various different people. Um, and we and that, the ability to wield that power is something that Doctor Strange respects. And he doesn't, which shows why they get different outcomes um, when using it. Uh, once we find out who hired Brigand, he traps the henchman in a dimension. Was it in a dimension or in his own head? He traps him somewhere. I think it's a dimension. He's like, I'm going to send him to somewhere that he won't be able to get out of. And she's like, um, shouldn't he deal with like the laws of the world? And he's like, I don't deal with the laws of the world, so why the hell should he? Uh. And just throws him in a dimension. I was like, damn. There's various moments where they just show him I don't know what the word is, but like his eyes are kind of squinting and he's being very serious. Yeah. Like he's not, he does not want to have a discussion about this. That's one of those moments. He turns back and he's like, no, he's going into the dimension. Like <laughs> screw this. Um, uh, they, they opt to go back to the clinic because he's still dealing with a very, very painful wound. And when they get there, the entire building is on fire, but strange knows it, it can't be the work of an arsonist. Somehow, Nicodemus has conjured a beast named the Maricant Hellguard in hopes that the That's monster the destroys yeah, destroys them all. The fierce creature rears its ugly head as the issue ends. So, now we're, I think we're on issue three. The night nurse's infirmary is under attack from a tentacled beast that we spoke about earlier. Dr. Strange's the Dr. Strange orders Wong to get himself and the nurse away while he engages the creature. 
ignoring the command as he's one to do. Um, and he says he does it because his own oath, right? I do. I do love how it seems like everyone is casually just walking through New York City until they just turn the corner to a massive fire. <laughs> right. I mean, even in the even in the showing of the building, right? They show this humongous clinic on fire, and then literally, you know, if you want to think of comic book panels as the camera, all they do is pan a little bit to the left, and there's this huge monster. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't see the monster first. They saw the big flaming building but the monster seems to be not too far behind it's like right behind it right right and i was like oh okay. all right um and another thing they seem to not be listening to dr strange at various points in the story yeah they're not uh they're almost colored by their defiance because of this whole um thing of like him constantly I guess he's just trying to be authoritative, being the doctor, the sorcerer supreme. Right. But Wong tells the nurse that he he also, you know, has an oath. He also promised to serve Stephen Strange. Uh, is it Stephen Strange or the Sorcerer Supreme? I, I, I believe it's, the, it's supreme. the Sorcerer Supreme. Regardless, right? Yeah, I, I believe it's it's more of title than it is uh, Stephen himself. Although I. I, I guess you'd imagine that um, it'd be the same thing they kind of dabbled with in uh, Black Panther, where it's like, Okoye serves the title, but it's not like there weren't bonds that were made here. 100%. And in, in the same way, I'm pretty sure there's been several stories where Doctor Strange is t- has been had the mantle taken away from him. And I doubt in those moments he sees Wong packing a bag yeah. and going, <laughs> uh, well, bro, you're not the Social Supreme anymore. I, I got to go hang uh, out with your mammal now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so ignoring the command, Wong tells the nurse to hide while he goes to his master's aid. In the air, Doctor Strange shoots a powerful magical bolt, which merely bounces off the creature's hide. The creature catches and devours his cloak of levitation and eye of Agamotto, uh, sending him falling several stories. I thought those were gone. <laughs> I didn't know when they were going to come back. I was like, <laughs> that thing just ate all his magical artifacts. What the hell are we supposed to do now? But I Not think the cake. It was that... like one second favorite character. As a matter of fact, um, subliminally, at various points in this story, they're telling us that Stephen Strange is more than he appears. Yes. Because even when shot, he's able to have an astral form help somebody help him. Even when his cloak and his eye Agamotto are taken, he's still able to eventually subdue this creature. And then later on when he's challenged without magic outright, he can handle his own. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's what makes one of this story so quintessential when it comes to Doctor Strange is because the same way that we try to have a handle on characters we don't really know. Like, I remember initially, I didn't like the Flash because I was like, oh, he's just a guy who runs fast. Like, yeah. what, what's cool about that? Um, I think that Doctor Strange may get the uh, unfair broad stroke of just being a magician. Right. Right. And magicians are not really known for having much um, hand-to-hand combat skills or... You know, it's interesting, or, you know, too, because you're, like, you're the second person to say that exact thing to me, as far as yeah. the Flash goes, anyway, because it was the idea that it's, like, the prevailing visual is that the Flash is a character that runs fast, which is, like, yes. no, he does everything fast. 
Right, right. And it doesn't have to just be running, but that's the only thing that's ever been depicted. Right. Once you start learning about his like speed brain and all that kind of stuff. Which is like, the idea of having to like, you know, engage in fisticuffs with a man who's like three times light speed. Right. What are they called? There's a punch that he does where he runs around the whole world. like the Megaton punch? Something like that, yeah. And he's able to yeah, he's able to punch you with the force of running around the entire world. Yeah. Um, and it the time when I started watching the show, The Flash, the time travel stuff caught me completely off guard. I had no idea the Flash had anything to do with time travel huh. besides Flashpoint. And then I realized how just how much interdimensional, you know, uh riffs and speed force stuff are actually in the comics as well. So Strange was definitely somebody that I tried to pretend I knew about, given the little knowledge that I was given whenever he cameoed places. Mm -hmm. But this was really showing me that almost everything I knew was wrong. <laughs> um, even to the point that it's not like he was an asshole surgeon and uh, became a pacifist, right? right? There's still a little bit of that asshole there. Oh, yeah, that never leaves. There's still a little bit of that arrogance there. And, I mean, he is the Sorcerer Supreme, but I'm saying, like, it's not like all of a sudden he just became you know, a tree hugger. Like he, those, some of those traits in him are deep in him, uh, which I found very, very uh, entertaining. Wong runs to his side, but is immediately swept up by one of the creature's tentacles. Mm. Night nurse trying to defend her patients is similarly caught. Strange reaches into his pocket and produces Hitler's handgun stolen from Brigand. He, his unsteady hands make his aim unreliable, but he manages to slay the demon with a single shot. The cloak of levitation and the eye of Agamotto emerge from the body of Strange's dead foe. And no sooner is he re-equipped than he, uh, he sets out to follow the trail of summoning back to his sword. So basically, he star 69 this demon. I, I do, demon love, this came from I do love this panel in here where, where there's this giant demon who just ate the Cloak of Levitation and the Eye of Agamotto, yep. and has now yep. got Doctor Strange hide his clutches, and yep. the Night Nurse just points a finger at it. Right. Yeah, she's standing there like, stop, <laughs> beast. You get like, away from not. my patience. <laughs> That's not going to work. That's not going to work well. And again, when the beast had t taken the, the, levitation, the Cloak of Levitation, the Eye of Agamotto, and has the only two people that are around him trapped i was like up oh, this is about done this is i don't know how they're gonna get out of this but it looks like it's about done and of course it, it immediately grabs her and then dr strange quietly muses this is why i never joined the adventures <laughs> right right <laughs> uh this is why superman works alone yeah yes good guy <laughs> yeah so he star 69's the demon he just follows it back for where it came from and they are very surprised to find out that it is in this weird cauldron place that Nicodemus has inside of Timely Pharmaceuticals. And I think we should say that in case you are not getting the reference, uh, Marvel was once Timely Comics. Uh -uh. Right? Am I getting that right? Is it them that's Timely? Uh, I'm well, them. No, no, no. Uh, Marvel was once Timely Comics. Oh, I think. I think so. I don't. I, I never remember that stuff. Uh, yes. Yep. It was Timely Comics until the '60s, and then it became Marvel Comics. Shows what they think of that name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think you can have like it's very problematic to have a comic 
brand called Timely Comics, right? Yeah. Because then then you can almost do all the the um what's his name? Damn it. Uh the Mandarin, right? Like you could uh, do yeah. everything. Very, you could do everything. No, no, you as, it's very timely. 100%. You just be like, well, it was timely at the time. <laughs> you know? That's just what it was. It was timely. Uh Marvel is pretty that's a pretty good sticking point. That's a pretty good name there. Um for as far as branding is concerned. I do enjoy like the, the, there is a there is a comedy to the book that isn't disarming. Which I think yep. over time you find that Brian K. Vaughn is just very good at. Yeah. And uh, I, like one of the other things that he does is although the night nurse is like our window into what's going on, mm-hmm. she doesn't necessarily react to everything like it's the first time she's seen something like this. Yeah. You know, she's not like, oh my God, and what the hell? And are you sure? There's a lot of like matter of factness to her, but there's also a lot of matter of factness to Strange too. Yeah. Like he's seen and shown as a person who is able to uh be like no he knows what he's talking about. And that knowing of what he talk what he's talking about is a level of confidence that he shows outright like he's not hiding any of that kind of stuff and that's when like following the following the demon back is a small but subtle way to show how rookie nicodemus is right mm-hmm. because you shouldn't be able to trace that back uh and all like didn't he found um uh brigand's footsteps when they were checking out the help murder. Right. Like he's just leaving breadcrumbs because he's not good. <laughs> he's not good at it. So he's just keep he just keeps fumbling and messing up. Um Nicodemus observing the events in a mirror is less than pleased to see Doctor Strange appear in his secret chamber within timely pharmaceuticals. But he surprises the sorcerer by casting a spell in his own right, encircling the trio in a ball of magical restraints. Mm. West explains that his inability to save Doctor Strange's hands had racked him with guilt, and that he eventually left to pra- left the practice to find Strange and f- to fix his mistakes. Um, which we'll get to the whole ancient one thing in a bit. I just want to talk about the kind of negative impact I would assume being a doctor who is probably being spoken about in hushed tones as the man who crippled Stephen Strange can't be an easy thing right um and you know like i guess you'd argue that it it, it was you know an unsolvable problem right and he did get close like according to hill he did the best he could and i trust Hill, and we're told to trust Hill. yes um even in the film they go like they did the best that they could like there was no fixing this this is as close as this was going to get you took um, like and 5000 shards of glass with the hands yeah they did good work on that on the um practical effects on those hands in the film yeah they looked mangled uh so so like, i i remember I, i've told you guys this about, about this in the chat but like when i go looking for doctor strange figures they will yeah. put him in gloves for no reason other than I imagine they do not want to do the work on thousands of tiny little hands. Right. I gotta ask up. you, where do you sit? Where do you sit on the gloves? 
uh, for the big yellow gloves. Um, yeah, are you a fan of the big yellow gloves? Uh, I'm okay with it. Cause... Like, I, I don't mind him okay. having some sort of handsy thing to, you know, if he, if we're talking about like covering up the scarring, but in a yeah. way, like the big, the big bulky giant glove just reminds me of, you know, classic comic book art that always looked really silly to me. Right. Because I, I, I hearken it back to Captain America in big bulky red gloves. Yes. These, these yes. are not practical. We've only seen these gloves in Ragnarok, right? Yes. Were you sad by their disappearance in Infinity slash Endgame? Infinity War slash Endgame? No, I kind of expected it. Yeah. I, I just um, thought, like, it, it, it's one of those scenes where it's just, like, different people running it have different visuals, and, you know, Taika Waititi is going to be the guy that's just like, no, 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 lean into the gloves. They look ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's your over-under? You think the gloves come back for uh, Multiverse of Madness? I think they do. I think they go somewhere else. You think, oh, they try something different? Yes. Something, okay. Um, what's his name? Uh, Sam Raimi is exactly, you know, if you know his work, he's not against leaning into some things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. If it, Yeah. He's going to make it so that the gloves come out of his, uh, out of his wrist. He'll conjure them, that's what, yes. That's what, that's what it's going to be. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not wearing this to the deli to get my freaking tuna melt. Right. 100%. Um, yeah, it's just this idea, like, what is a doctor without his reputation, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you've saved 50 people, if you mangled one, and if that person is high profile enough, you'll remember that. Everyone remembers Michael Jackson's doctor, you know? Right. Like, stuff like that. Like, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, I could imagine him being that driven, but following Strange all the way to where the agent one was, was a bit much, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. What do you? How do you feel about him getting to the ancient one and the ancient one agreeing to teach him? I was a bit taken aback by that. I like his reasoning. That strange might not be. Was that the whole thing? Like he shouldn't. They didn't know what. I like that. I like that. Nika Dervis pretty much painted it as like, like every teacher makes a student feel like they're the best that they're special. That was a bit of a yeah kick in the in the teeth. But <laughs> really, like, like you thought you were the only one. You really thought you were the only one. Right. Yeah. Really, he's just like. I'm 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 making sure I got this right, and I'm hedging my bets here. And he wasn't wrong with his initial suspicion that it was um, a student of the ancient one. Yes, that was doing all this. It just wasn't the one that he thought of. It was uh, Nicodemus. Um. So his, yeah, his he always an expectation that like once the ancient one was sort of like done with him, he was just like, well, I can go home. Right. Uh, yeah, because he only stays with the ancient month, uh, the ancient one, a couple of months, and he bounces like Luke in uh, Oh God, Empire Strikes Back, where he's like, "My friends need me." It's like your training is not complete. He doesn't care. He bounces out, and he kind of figures that he learned enough because he manages to heal a little girl in that town. Yes. So he thinks he's hot shit. He's like, "I I know I have magic now. I can heal people. I'm a doctor. This is great." Um, he was so confident in his abilities that he contacted Pavlish, who was the same person who Stephen Strange um, refused to treat. cure his cancer, treat his cancer. Um, so he calls him up and he's like, you know what? I'll fix you in a way Dr. Strange never could or Stephen Strange never could, uh, you know, using magic and stuff. And so being a novice, 
the spell backfired and Pavlish exploded. So, uh, and they draw. After after giving a few seconds of feeling the best he's ever felt. Right, because he basically is able to um, create the white blood cells, right? He's able to make the white blood cells duplicate themselves and attack the cancer, but the white blood cells just kept duplicating and replicating and literally his head exploded. Yes. So back to being the murderer, right? Like back to being the surgeon that, you know, it it doesn't really know what the hell he's talking about. Mm -hmm. So embarrassed and ashamed, Nicodemus was eventually approached by two representatives of timely pharmaceuticals who offered to cover for him if he agreed to stop curing people with his magic. At the end of this story, Wong has another fainting fit and Strange has heard enough. He effortlessly breaks out of the spell and slams West into his own mirror, demanding the return of the elixir. Uh, like I said earlier, I just love how he no-sold the whole thing. Like he was yeah, just there like, for the story. Well, this game's done. What? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, that's where I knew you from. That's what that's what it was. He was just waiting the whole time for the connection to be made. He's like, that's where I know you from. I think I heard about that Pavlish guy. But also just uh, like, I am the social supreme. You went to school for six months. Did you yeah. think this was going to hold me? And the way there's an arrogance with Nicodemo that's that, that he that he or Nicodemus that he um that he uses to taunt Strange. That whole thing about like, oh, did you think I was you were the only one. Well, he may not have been the only one trained by the ancient one, but he is the only sorcerer supreme. I'm pretty much you know? Neo so, in this story. Right, 100%. So it's like, yeah, I'm not the only one that was in the Matrix, but I am the one. Yeah. So uh, West retorts that Strange cannot see the dangerous effects a potion that can cure all diseases could cause. He frees himself with a magic bolt and injures Strange, but the sorcerer has worse to worry about. Wong has died. Wong dead. Oh, no. Wong dead, y'all. Wong dead. By the way, they got that um, timetable way wrong. I think Wong told the doctor told Wong three months. Yeah, <laughs> that was about a month. <laughs> uh, but there was also an immense amount of stress going on. I was going to say, I think it has a lot to do with the output. <laughs> yeah, there was a, an immense. I think that was like three months bedridden. You know, taking you taking medication, but. You can't be walking around fighting uh, hell guards and stuff like that. Right. Speed up the process. Doctor Strange is distraught to realize that his faithful manservant has died. The night nurse tells him that he can restart his heart, but without a miraculous intervention, Wong would only be a shell of his former self. What did she mean by that? Uh, probably vegetative or just not quite like... Uh, that's what's crazy. This? That sucks. Because I remember this story from like uh, one of those, you, you know, the Von Erics. Yes. One of them came down with something. I forget what it was. But because he was unconscious for so long, by the time they revived him, enough brain cells had gone away that he just was like not nearly the same person anymore. Was that the toxic so- shock syndrome? Yes. One? Yeah. Yeah, it's a shock syndrome. Yeah, so like by the time they, they they revived him, but like too many, his brain had been divided, deprived of too much oxygen that it just it wasn't nearly the person that came back. Right. Um, what do you think about this whole idea that humanity should um come to what is it? They should come to certain conclusions naturally. 
this whole thing that you shouldn't speed up the advancement of the human race? <laughs> Do you think that is problematic? Like, if we just randomly found out they were aliens... Nah. If you randomly found out they were aliens, would you tell everybody? Do you think that the world can handle that, or do you keep that to yourself? You know, I, I don't. You don't think it's a matter of and 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 I'll 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 go to like a reference from um Supergirl actually. I don't think it's a matter okay. of uh you tell the world there's aliens and you find out there's aliens and it's just like well yeah like aliens is kind of always going to be sudden. Yes. Like what? Like one day, like your life is the same as it always been. You got up, went to work, and then you, then you, your phone rat went off, and then you found out aliens. Yeah, that's always yeah. going to just hit you like a ton of bricks. Right. But if you find out that the steel mill you're working at is losing money uh, at an immense rate because it's going obsolete, because the other steel mill that opened up down the street. Is using Thanagarian steel, <laughs> and you can't compete with that, right? I think that's like, I think that's potentially, you know, moving it too fast. It, I think there's a film about it, but it, it could you imagine all the people who are literally counting down the days that they have left, and all of a sudden, they're given a new lease on life. Yeah, you know. Um, one of the things that they spoke about is overpopulation. Yes. That if they treated everybody and cured all diseases, that there'd be too much of us here. Um, but there has which to be a middle really ground, right? Which I, think, I guess is what Strange is fighting for. He's fighting for the middle ground of it all. But there has to be a middle ground. It can't be um, save everyone or save no one. Yeah. Oh, I was going to really be... get the Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he's pretty binary in his thinking. Um, um, yeah, so there, there's, there's definitely a danger in stuff like that where it's just if you if you were able to simply like create this thing, like where, where do we go next with it? Or, right. How do how do we keep some jerk wad from buying it and, and selling it at a tremendous premium? Yeah, at what point do people start making their own diseases? Right. <laughs> like and, and trying to figure out what the hell how the hell they could trip this thing up you know people are you know uh we've we've waged, waged war with diseases yeah you know it's it, it gets it gets kind of hairy um nicodemus west escapes but strange tracks west to a washroom where the man is hesitating over pouring the potion down the drain they have a tense conversation and strange lays west's objections bare the real difficulty is not that magic and medicine don't mix. It's that West botched the spell and was unable to acknowledge his own mistakes. Mm-hmm. If magic, if magical cures entered the world of medicine, they would be adopted just like pacemakers and CAT scans in their day. Do you agree? Oh, for sure. It would just have been another advancement. It doesn't, it doesn't become like a cure-all, even though they also have a cure-all. <laughs> I mean, it would certainly look to like, wait, how many more positions can we get on? Right. But I, th- I think that, I think in the big picture, it also creates its own problems. Like what? Like you'd sort of have to, you'd have to reevaluate how you accredit doctors. Right. Because it kind, of, it kind of eliminates that eight years of medical school. 
Does it become a Superman issue as well, where because people have a cure for these diseases, less people seek out the education? I mean, right? I, would I, I, guess, that would be I, next, right? I, I know you, you'd just be trading in one education for another. Yeah. Because yeah. I assume, like, if something can if something can cure all diseases, I wouldn't be going to college for X amount of years to learn how to battle cancer. No, certainly, we but, got something that does. But you that. would be going some, you know, you would be going on a train to Hogwarts right. to learn about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know there's I'm a story. I'm completely different magic references at this point, but who cares? <laughs> That's the, hey, I think it all works. Hocus pocus. Um, uh, there's a isn't there a Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme uh, storyline? Yes, this is one where he uh, he comes across a child that needs emergency surgery, and it, he can't possibly deal with like this guilt of not being able to help the kid once right. he is, uh, you know how do you say, um, engaged to by a nearby, I think, parent or whatever. And Ah. as such, on the spot decides to, I guess, make a deal with, like, a really, really, you know, bad Is it Mephisto? It's not Mephisto. (laughs) Because Mephisto is always out there making deals. He is, but no, they, they, because from what I believe, they just made one up. Right. Um, The author just makes the, this one that doesn't have any history with any other character. And the idea is that like, it's, it's this, um, I guess the reference is monkey paw. It's just like this monkey paw of a character where it's just like, I'll give you whatever you want. It's just not going to go great for you down the line. Right. And the story seems to be relatively, huh? The story seems to be relatively new. Yes. Came out last year. Yes, it is. So, uh, written by Mark Wade. It might be one of the next things we tackle if we want to continue this Doctor Strange train. Strange train. Strange train. Sounds like a band. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so like, like that. That yeah. That's essentially what that is. It's it's he he give he makes a deal to get his ha- to get his hands healed so he could perform surgery and right. Basically, down the line, you know, there's supposed to be some sort of like, you know, some backlash to it. Right. Because it's 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 just waiting. Yeah. It's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Basically. So West flees a second time, but Strange confronts him on the roof of Timely Pharmaceuticals of the Timely Pharmaceuticals building. Knowing it has come down to a fight, West summons the Sands of Nasanti, a magical item that will prevent either of them from casting spells for three minutes. So both of their weapons are gone. West claims that he has the advantage of physical health and strength. Since he hasn't relied on spellcasting all his life, it was at this While moment magic... that I started to wonder if this was regular three minutes or like anime three minutes. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and it's funny that you say anime because I think that the like the panel of him taking off his gloves looks very anime. I can see it. Um, but yeah, there's going. You know, Nico, uh, I, Nico Demis, Nico Damis's uh, biggest issue seems to be that he thinks he knows everything. And even in this instance here, he thinks that straight, he literally says that you've been relying on magic this whole time. If we were to shoot the hands, you ain't going to have nothing. Plus you got messed up hands. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, they battle in a heavy rainstorm. West is winning easily. And I'm feeling kind of bad about all this. Uh, you know, Dr. Strange is taking off his gloves and you see all his mangled hands. 
uh, due to the surgery. And Nicodemus is just beating on him. Dr. West is giving him the business while Dr. Strange is neither attacking nor actively defending himself. Mm -hmm. Then Strange reveals that he was merely waiting for West to finish wasting his energy. Within seconds, the fight turns around. Turns out Dr. Strange has mastered the uh, martial arts as well as being a mystic. And he credits his learning to his master, Wong, which I thought that was kind of poetic. Yes. You know, he's like, I'm his master in many ways, but in the terms of martial arts, he was mine. Um, so he gives him the business. West goes down and Strange tells him to stay there. But the other man bolts in lightning and rain. He misjudges the edge of the roof and falls. That was kind of like, this is a lot. I, uh, I, I do like the, uh, the art in the sense of uh, them animating ways for uh, Doctor Strange to like take him down without ever actually like using his hands. Right, right, and that they had to go around that. Now that I think about it, falling off the building is this a is this a is that what the agent one did? Is that what they were going at with this? I don't know. I don't. Or I guess the other way around. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you could. I guess you could make that connection. I wouldn't have. Yeah, it's like, no, I just made it reading this now because I'm like, yeah, he falls and it's very matter of fact. He's dead. Like, that's oh, yeah. with her. She fell through those glass and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's all that's going to happen there. Um, Strange cannot cast a spell to save him. At the foot of the building is West's broken body and the broken bottle of the elixir. Strange can salvage only a single drop, enough to save Wong or reproduce the potion for the rest of the world, but not both. He stares at it, conflicted. West's astral projection, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, this guy's even going to fucking haunt him in death. <laughs> this is out of control. Uh, his astral projection reminds him that he swore a Hippocratic oath never to withhold treatment from a patient in his care and advises him to make whichever choice will allow you to look in yourself in the mirror the next morning. 24 hours later, Wong awakens in the Sanctum Sanctorum. When he realizes Strange chose to save him instead of the world, he is shocked but touched. How much of that choice was made because of how he feels for Wong versus how much he doesn't know whether or not society will, could handle a cure-all? Uh, I definitely... You think it was all Wong? You think it was all... I think it's mostly Wong. Mostly Wong? Yeah. yeah. I, think it, I think it's mostly his... Uh... Uh, you know, his proximity to the situation, it's that whole, you know, uh, um, the kid in front of you or the thousands of people in a stadium, you know, states away. I mean, this is the trolley problem, right? Uh, I think that's the same. I think that's a different version of the same thing. For, yeah, the, the the whole idea that you're driving a trolley, uh, you're heading towards on the tracks that you're on. Uh, there's one person stuck, and you're gonna hit that person. The only way to save them is to flick a switch that trains his tracks, but puts you on a track to kill five people. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do? Do you think that the answer is clean and cut? Like put in that position, do you think you could have made the right choice, quote unquote? Um. I see. Yeah, it's it's difficult for me because it, it, in my head I'm thinking like for a sacrifice that could save thousands and millions of lives for ages to come. Right. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's can you elevate your 
connection to the uh to the most proximic issue to a bigger picture. Yeah. I can see Tough that. call. It, no, it definitely is. And I if he could replicate it to give it to other people, why can't he replicate it and give it to Wong? Oh, he makes the point that by the time by the time it would take to oh, do all Wong that, Wong would be long dead, right? Yeah, there would be no saving him. Yeah, because he was breathing, but he not doing well. Yeah, he was near, very, very near death. Um, in private with the night nurse Watson, uh, the the best essential worker in this comic. <laughs> Strange expresses his anger and frustration that no one will know Timely Pharmaceuticals' part in this. But the nurse holds up a copy of a memo stolen from West's desk, which implicates the entire board of directors in a scheme to murder Strange and his associates. I'm so happy I could, Strange begins, but before finishing the obvious kiss you, uh, he offers the nurse his sanctum sanctorum as her new base of operations, and the issue ends with a lovely kiss. Yes, of course it does. Really, really good stuff. I really, really like this story. Um, I wonder if, I mean, we, like you said, we saw Dr. West. He's still alive, to my knowledge. So, in the so. film. So, we'll see what happens there. They probably um, went back. So, he's not, maybe he got snapped. Maybe he did. So, as a Dr. Strange fan, I know that you're going to be reading um, some stories. But the next two times we're set to see him are in WandaVision. And in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, is there anything that you hope for the character in those instances? Um, I I'm somewhat hoping of like I'm almost getting the thing I asked for in the sense of I wanted there to be some like kind of apprenticeship or or some sort of connection between. Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch because I think there's the I think there's a question to be answered in what is the difference between Doctor Strange's magic and the Scarlet Witch's. Okay. Uh, it's there are the obvious answers in which that like, um, in reference to how like stuff like D and D deals with it, technically speaking, um, Scarlet Witch is the the sorcerer, because her magic is not learned. Okay. Her magic is imbued. You know what I mean? That's that's that chaos magic yeah. that she uses, right? Yeah. Her magic yeah. came from this the the science experiments that the Strucker did to him and we did to her and her brother. You know what I mean? Right. She, she just based off the day. stone as as well, right? Isn't she based off the reality stone or something? I believe so. Right. But the idea is that like she woke up one day and she knew magic. Or right. she could she she could tap into this magic, and she could do things, yeah, in, yeah. in the actual material world. And it is visually the visual language of the magic is much different than Strange's. Right. There's almost no rhyme or reason to her magic. Like you can't really tell no. what she's doing, which is dangerous, right? A hundred percent. There is no yeah. there is no sides to it. She's just feeling and doing, which is like Ugh. right, which why is why it's called chaos magic. Yeah. So. I, I I think there's some very fun stuff to do there if you were to explore, like, let's figure out what the difference is between our, my magic and your magic, and let's help you get better at this. Yeah. Because I know, think the people who are people... detractors of Scarlet Witch, or at least of, of um, the MCU version of her compared to the comic book one, 
is the idea that like she does not know what she's doing. She just woke up with this one day. Right. And Strange is the one who tries to mediate, you know, and 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 heal her in House of M, which is one of the biggest stories that she's in. Yes. Uh, the biggest reality warping stories that she takes a part in. So uh, I can totally see that there. Did you catch the Sword in the Stone reference? Uh, probably not, but that's also because it's been a long time. <laughs> uh, they do. She says something along the lines of, um, "What did you bring me up here for?" So I can turn into a dragon, and you can turn into a germ. Uh, we can have a big old uh, wizard stool. That's one of the things that happens. Okay. And, and there's Merlin against some witch, and they're having a wizard's duel where they turn into different things, and she turns into a dragon and he turns into a germ. Nice. And he's able to win the fight that way. So they bring that up, and I was like, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty funny. Uh, on there. Yeah, that that's that's something I I would hope for. I would like there to be some sort of relationship between Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange, so they can like really hash out what their two things are. Right. Uh, I think there's a lot of fun you could do because like there there are significant differences in the kind of magics that they do and I'd like that to be delved into a lot deeper. Yeah. We got to figure out whether or not uh, Wanda is a lost cause or not. Right. And he, and he would be the only one to know because like in House of M, everybody else would be like, oh, uh, yeah, we can't do nothing with her so we should probably kill her. And so it's strange that's able to create that bridge to, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's the one that that opens him up to the multiverse of madness, um, you know, or at least breaks something in which they start to realize that they are in a multiverse. Certainly. Um, you often say that the best portrayal of Doctor Strange is in Infinity War. Do you still maintain that? Oh. Well, that's the most magic-y we've gotten in live action, right? It's it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite things to see like Doctor Strange sort of stand toe to toe with Thanos. Right. Like And the, the quickness the in which he's is, doing this, right? Huh? The quickness in which he was doing it. Yeah. Like he, he has these spells in the back of his mind or the you know, back of his hand. Yeah, he's just and, like he, he's got a counter for everything Thanos is doing and he's like He's standing right. Like a lot of guys are getting beat up, or 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 you know, like they're they're doing their best of uh, use of like hit and run tactics because they can't face them straight on. And Doctor Strange is just like, I got all the tricks. Yeah, I do. I can do this all day <laughs> to take from Cap. Yeah. Um, but now that now that that's been done, they can't necessarily walk him back, right? Uh, you mean in power level, or, or at least in uh, expertise. Uh no probably not I don't, I don't think that'll be an issue um I just think they have to create more like they have to do, just keep delving into his stuff to create villains that are you know Doctor Strange level problems right right I believe we're doing Nightmare next and Mordo's still out there too many sorcerers too many sorcerers too many sorcerers uh, and just like more that. <laughs> yeah no he's killing it I, I couldn't spell his name but you would tell EGO Ford is killing it yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah he's out there somewhere and just like Mordo so is comic book click we're always out there somewhere doing something creating articles 
writing uh doing these major issues podcast episodes and thank you so much for listening this far into this one but you can catch every single episode of the major issues podcast at comicbookclick.com which is the one stop of all things comic book click our merchandise articles you can meet the click uh everything that we do including every single episode of the major issues podcast over 140 hours of content all there at comicbookclick.com and if you don't want to download another podcast app let's say you already have one well, luckily, the Major Issues Podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. That's Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, TuneFind, iHeart. I'm telling you, you don't believe me? Google Major Issues Podcast, and we'll be the first ones to pop up because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Also, we uh, have been doing this for so long. But we still need your support. We still need you guys and your help. So make sure that you like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, the numbers are growing, but I think we can do a little bit better. So make sure you're not hiding your fandom for the Major Issues podcast so we can go ahead and reach where we're supposed to. I've been to the future and we do become the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. But I can't tell you how we do it or it breaks the timeline. So. <laughs> Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. And the easiest thing and cheapest thing that you could do for us is rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you guys like and what you don't like about the cast. Change accordingly. And, uh, yeah, pretend that the other stars don't even work. Just give us five stars because it will help us grow our audience as we end up uh, showing up in people's recommendations for podcasts to listen to. If you like all the stuff that we're doing, first of all, you can go to comicbookclick.com and comment under any single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. But we're also all over social media at facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or you can use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issues CBC, constantly dropping uh, memes and news and uh, talking about what we're going to be covering right here on the Major Issues Podcast. So follow that. I know that GT has his own uh, Twitter. Yes, uh, we work GT. Uh, that's my at. If you want to discuss an interview <laughs> between comic books and wrestling, and I will probably have an opinion you don't care for, but I'll be there. <laughs> He's got opinions, y'all. Hit him up. Ask him. Uh, ask him what up. Or hit us up and recommend your favorite Doctor Strange story. That's your action item this week. Uh, make sure that you guys continue to support. It's been absolutely amazing. We're on the march to episode 150, and it's coming up soon. But my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. I'm Gregory Thomas, aka GTB Birth. And this was our Doctor Strange The Oath recap and review. And remember, whether or not you're a skilled essential worker, not getting any credit, a pompous surgeon who needs a reality check, or a Siamese cat god protecting the cure for all disease. (laughs) The truth is, we have an oath too, and ours is, you, yes you, are worthy.